Welcome to the Armor Men's Health Show with Dr. Mystery and Donna Lee. Hello and welcome to the Armor Men's Health Show. This is Dr. Mystery, your host, here as always with my co-host, Donna Lee. That's right. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for listening and listen to our podcasts. They're amazing and free. Donna, where do we get podcasts? Where do we get them? Yeah, where do you get a podcast? You go to Google, or you can listen to iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, wherever you listen to free podcasts. What do you look up? The Armor Men's Health Show. How do you spell armor? Incorrectly, A-R-M-O-R, because you forgot the U. I did forget the U. So A-R-M-O-R. And what's our website? Armormenshealth.com. Well, I'm so glad that was your mini mental state exam. So now I know that you are fully <laughs> alert and oriented times three. Are you appreciate make me walk that. A straight line? That's right. Uh, if people want to get a hold of us, how do they get a hold of us? You can us? call us at 512-238-0762. That's our main phone number. You can even ask for me during the week. Our website, again, armormenshealth.com, where you can see our lovely, shiny, smiling faces. And you could submit your questions to our website. We'll answer them anonymously on the show. There is a submit question button. And um, I love doing that because you don't know what the questions are going to be, Dr. Mystery. Yes, I do like that, too. Mm, it's like a little game show that we always seem to win. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is a men's health show. Is it? But for most Sorry. men, there is one piece of anatomy that is very important to us. You know what that is? The vagina? The female pelvis. That's oh. exactly right. <laughs> and so I thought we would get a female pelvis expert on board. Right. We Dr. George one. Shoshua from right here in Austin, Texas. George, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, good to be here. George, what is the name of your practice and what do you do? Uh, Austin Urogynecology and uh, female reconstruction, uh, female pelvic reconstruction, which uh, basically is fixing vaginas. And how, how are you different than what people would think a plastic surgeon is? Well, we take care of uh, female prolapse, which is a non-plastic, well, somewhat plastic surgery, but just reconstructing the vagina after there's prolapse of the various organs. Uh, on the uh, more external side, what we do is real similar to the plastic surgeons, I guess. So there's some parts of it that are more cosmetic and a lot of parts that are very much more functional. And you've had the pleasure of operating on a lot of the wives of friends of mine uh, <laughs> o- 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 over the years. So I would say you've probably uh, been inside more of my friends' wives than, uh, than you have. Can I say that? No, you cannot say that. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. And so um, when it comes to the most common reasons that uh, women are going to come to you for a consultation, would you please explain to these um, uh, brooding men out there, what is pelvic prolapse and, <laughs> and, uh, and what does that word mean and why are their wives irritated by it? So uh, after, primarily after pregnancy, but sometimes just because some women are made that way, the uh, pelvic organs drop into the vagina, including the bladder, the rectum, the uterus, and the bowel. And there's a protrusion into the uh, vagina and sometimes outside the vagina. And this is something that most men may not recognize. The, the, uh, I, I mean, I describe the vagina as kind of an inverted sock that has to be supported. And it's really a hole into the insides of a woman. And so other organs can herniate or come out of that hole with the, if, if the support structures get weakened. Now, that may be a weird way to describe it. How, how do you describe it to women and men? I like that way, what you were saying. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I think that's a really vagina. good way to... Uh, Say to say it, but in general, when they're talking about prolapse, they're usually feeling a bulge or a protrusion in the vagina and feeling that some things feel different during sex and uh, if they're younger when wearing a tampon and that kind of stuff. 
And what kinds of symptoms are they going to have uh, that are more urinary or bowel related? So as the prolapse advances, it gets harder to avoid because it pushes down on the uh, urethra. And on the bowel side, if as the uh, re- as the rectum bulges into the vagina, uh, it could it could cause constipation. And we've seen uh, women that came in with bad uh, rectal prolapse that would have to get erectoseals that would actually put their fingers in their vagina to poop. Right. That's right. Splinting the splinting inside the vagina to help push it down. And so what, 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 who are the patients that are most likely to be at risk for this? Difficult childbirth or multiple childbirths, genetic, some women just genetically are predisposed and uh, their soft tissue, their uh, connective tissue is weakened and they could be at risk of having the prolapse. So we do see some patients that have never been pregnant. And then of course, age. Is it going to be predominantly occurring in people who are postmenopausal, or can people who are younger also experience the same thing? Oh, uh, it's all age ranges. And so um, when, when this is happening, uh, what are some of the first steps that you take before surgery to help women who are symptomatic? It depends on the age and the health of the patient, but uh, a lot of times we just kind of explain the prolapse. It's not a uh, life-threatening thing. Uh, we tell them that they could kind of wait until th- until they're ready to have the surgery. There is a pessary they could put in to support the vagina. And what's a pessary so people know? Pessary is a silicon support that goes in the vagina. It keeps, it, it causes a, uh, it, 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 um, it has an occupying effect so that the bladder and rectum and uterus don't fall. So it's almost like putting a big plastic ring in the vagina that sticks the, the, uh, the uterus, the bladder, and the rectum back into the right places. It sounds kind of uncomfortable. What are the right type of patients where a pessary works better? We do, for the most part, it's patients that just don't want surgery, and then older patients who are medically fit for surgery. Well, what, what kind of patients uh, are also going to have urine leakage or stool leakage when they have a prolapse? So the uh, urine leakage is comes from weakness of the supports of the urethra. And so it, it goes uh, opposite direction of prolapse. As the prolapse gets worse, it gets harder to avoid. And as the prolapse is kind of in its early stages, a lot of times there's more incontinence because the, uh, the urethra itself isn't getting kinked off. So a lot of times women that have kind of problems down there go to their OB-GYN and may not know that there's a specialty kind of uh, field of medicine that deals with with this kind of thing. And then there are probably a lot of women that just suffer in silence. What, 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 in your experience, what types of people do you think wait too long to seek care? I think uh, patients that are embarrassed to come in and then also that just don't know things are different. So it's a really, it's an indolent type thing. So the symptoms develop over time and the findings develop over time. So sometimes it just doesn't go recognized until it gets to a more severe point. Uh, I think that once it starts affecting your sexuality, it's real important to look into getting a repair done because that's an important part of any relationship. So, you know, when we were in training uh, as residents, we were notorious for thinking about those patients that we wondered to ourselves, how in the hell did you let it get so bad? And uh, one of the most common patients was those women that would come in with their uterus is completely inverted outside of their vagina. We'd wonder to ourselves, how in the heck did you let it get so bad? So how do people let things like that get so bad? I think they just live with it. It kind of happens slowly. They figure out how to compensate with the clothing they wear and that kind of stuff. 
Uh, and some women, bef- right before that step, when the uterus is coming out, as they lay down, the prolapse goes up and they're actually still sexually active. So, like, it just goes away on its own because they're on their back and so they don't even wonder about it. Uh, and, 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 and when they're going to get um, uh, or, or, or go see a specialist, um, why might their OB-GYN be, you know, kind of qualified and when, when might they not be qualified to take care of an issue like this? It just depends. I think uh, many OB-GYNs do a really good job with uh, surgery across the board on women. Uh, I think more and more those patients are being referred. The prolapse patients as treatment has gotten more uh, sophisticated and elegant. So I think it just depends. I think that the uh, type of anatomic reconstructions that are done for pelvic prolapse are are getting more and more specialized. So finding people that are specialized with their training and their experience in these things is likely to kind of reduce in the, 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 the need for retreatment and reoperation. So I think that going to a, a well-qualified urogynecologist is increasingly important. Uh, and more and more communities are getting uh, people that are trained like you to kind of do this, do this kind of surgery. Um, what kinds of symptoms or what, what, what is your threshold for um, uh, people to decide whether surgery is the right thing for them? Uh, it's really their call. If they have a uh, significant amount of prolapse and they're uh, having symptoms, whether they be sexuality-type symptoms or bulge or urinary or rectal symptoms, they ultimately make that call. So um, when, when most people are getting surgery done, uh, and we're going to talk about surgery in the next segment, uh, how quickly can people expect to see relief, and how long is the recovery usually after these things? Yeah, the relief should really be instant. But the recovery is a different story because there's pain associated with the procedure, especially when it comes to redoing the, the area between the rectum and the vagina. So recovery from that, it could take up to two weeks to come off the pain medication. Usually need a catheter for like four days. So those would be the two things. Well, great. Uh, we're going to come back in the, next, uh, se- uh, in the next segment. George, how do people get a hold of you and what is your uh, website address? Website is uh, austinurogynecology.com, and office number is 512-973-8276. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be right back. Hello, and welcome back to the Armour Men's Health Show. This is Dr. Mystery, your host, board-certified urologist, all-around great guy, here with my (laughs) (laughs) ball and chain in the office. Ball and chain. Donnelly. That's right. Thank you, everybody. Business manager, comedian. All around, all around great gal. TikTok, TikTok extraordinaire. That's right. Thank you for joining us today, John. Thank you. You let me go a little part-time, so now i got free time to do some you TikToks. You really make the show as far as our, patient, our, our listeners are concerned. <laughs> I do, because they like me a little bit more than you, because I'm accessible and you are <laughs> This show is brought to you by NAU Urology Specialist, the urology group that I started in 2007. We are four physician providers. We are five advanced practice providers. We have two pelvic floor physical therapists. We have nutrition, health, supplements, holistic approach to your care. And we'd really love to see you as a patient. How do people do that? Don't forget our sleep coordinator and two sex therapists. There you go. Uh, You can reach out to us at 512-238-0762. Our website is armormenshealth.com where you can see our faces and you can also submit questions to our armormenshealth.com website that will answer anonymously on the show just for you. 
And we're joined again by Dr. George Sashua, one of our great friends from town, somebody who I love to operate with, a fellow surgeon. Dr. Sashua, thank you so much for joining us. He's a urogynecologist. Thank you for joining us again. Of course. So uh, I wanted to briefly talk about surgeries that women may undergo pelvic reconstruction surgeries that you do some uh, or do quite a bit of. Uh, I thought we'd first talk about uh, going outside in. So let's talk about the labia and labiaplasties. What is the labia? What part are we talking about and why are people irritated with it? So the uh, <laughs> the labia is the uh, flap. Lip service. That's right. Sorry. Lip service. Very good. That's nice good. job. Nice. Thank you. I'm yeah. a professional comedian. You can find me <laughs> in Austin. <laughs> So the labia are the uh, skin flaps that surround the vagina, and uh, there's two of them. The inner fold is the labia minora, and the outer fold is the labia majora. And uh, in some women, the the overgrowth of this area becomes real prominent, and it gets in the way of activities, any kind of activity where, where the labia potentially could rub on clothing especially during exercise. And uh, I think there's a much more in-tuned younger population where there's a sexuality component to it. Uh, women shave now so that they could see and compare. And there's some women with an extraordinary amount of uh, labial skin and skin that goes around the clitoris. And this will be mainly the labia minora, the inner thin lips that go in between the fat pads of the labia majora, correct? Yeah, they're, they're, it's also the labia majora. And the labia majora, the bulging of that, the lay term for that would be camel toe. And so when ah. people have this and, and, they're, and, they're, and they're bothered by it, uh, first of all, their partner, their male partner, may notice that the skin of the labia minora are pulling into the vagina when they're having intercourse or that this area looks irritated. Are there any other symptoms that a male partner may find? I think just difficulty navigating or, you know, through the open, into the opening of the vagina. You can't get in? Well, you're just kind of hitting the skin on the way in. Oh, no. Oh, sounds like flaps are bad. But that would definitely be just the way Flaps are down. Flaps are bad. Flaps are down. Yeah. And so so there is something you can do about it. You just have to live with it. No, no. That's one of the uh, more, one of the plastic surgeries that is really growing is the reduction of the labial skin and the skin around the clitoris. And that's something that you do quite a bit of. Is that something that you can do in the office or you have to go to the operating room? We do it both, but primarily in the office, if it's just the labia minora. How long does it take? Uh, from the time they come in to the time they leave, like two and a half hours. So, Surgery uh, itself, maybe an hour and a half. So if women are suffering from this problem, they don't have to suffer in silence. They can come in and get it taken care of with you, right? Yes, and I think that uh, you know it's one of those things that's considered cosmetic, but in uh, if you went to our website and looked at the before and after pictures, you'd be able to see that it is more than cosmetic. Uh, it could it could be a really uh, rewarding surgery. Mm. I had a friend who had, and it, one labia was bigger than the other. She went to her OB-GYN, who I will not name because we all know him. And he said, oh, I can take care of that. And he did a little local anesthetic, cut the labia off, the, the larger, the longer side. Uh -huh. And she said it was the worst recovery ever. It was just so, like a quick momentary thing. He's like, oh, I'll take care of that. <laughs> and he just kind of cut it off. Just snipped it, huh? Don't you? Like isn't there more than just snipping it? Like, you're not just going to cut it. Yeah, it's definitely, there's definitely an art to the procedure to make it I look natural so. and normal. And uh, it involves the skin around the clitoris and adding length to the um, the distance between the clitoris and the opening of the vagina. So yeah, oh. there's there's the a lot that you. comes There's an art it. to it. 
There's an art. So another surgery as we move in from the labia is going to uh, be uh, incontinence procedures. Now, there have been uh, a lot of concerns that people have raised about mesh and potentially using foreign bodies in, in, in the vagina. And uh, we both know that in the proper hands, the, the right kind of surgeon can use a lot of these materials very safely. Uh, but women who are suffering from uh, incontinence where they're leaking when they're coughing and sneezing, this is going to be called stress incontinence. Oftentimes, we'll seek out some type of therapy to help them. What is your most commonly performed surgical procedure for women who are leaking when they cough and sneeze? Uh, it's the sling, the uh, mid-urethral sling. And it's been a it, it's been around for about 20 years, and it's been revolutionary in the treatment of incontinence. Now, when we perform these procedures together, which I do very often, it involves a small incision in the vagina, uh, sometimes two small incisions uh, right uh, above the pubic bone, Sometimes just the one incision is needed. We send them home that day, sometimes with a, with a catheter for a few hours. Is that what most women can expect from that kind of procedure? When the sling is done by itself, that it is. It's, a, it's, it's an outpatient surgery where they go home the same day and recovery is a day or two. And most of these women can have benefit for 10 years or longer and almost immediate benefit. Is that right? Immediate benefit and it should be long term. And that's great. So what types of women do you think suffer too long unnecessarily when they're leaking? Well, uh, the, the more disruptive the incontinence, the more uh, the more the suffering. And, uh, you know, we have patients come in that have been wearing adult diapers for years that are young, in their 50s and so. So um, I think once it gets to that disruptive stage... If you're not doing things that you like, if you're not playing tennis or all the things that you want to do because you're afraid you're going to leak, I think you really need to seek the care of somebody to fix it. Yeah, and that would be uh, the more common thing where patients aren't holding off, but it's just disrupting their everyday care because the patients that are playing tennis and working out are, are the ones that are more in tune with their bodies and symptoms. And then when it comes to prolapse, uh, although we can't talk about all of them, we, uh, you and I do perform prolapse reconstructions using a robotic approach called the abdominal sacrocolpopexy. If you had to kind of in lay terms explain to people what is happening in that procedure, how do you explain it to them? Well, I think that, uh, that you, Sonny, invented the robot almost. I did you, not. You love the robot. <laughs> I do love so the robot, much. Though. <laughs> and uh, Sonny, you could teach him anything. He, you could be with him for 20 minutes, and then he has the surgery down. <laughs> so that's been pretty fun for me. Uh, the uh, robotic surgery for prolapse uh, involves fixing the vagina uh, to a piece of mesh and then the mesh to the sacrum. So you uh, restore the normal anatomy of the vagina so that it feel and f feels and functions like it did before pregnancy. And you do this by dissecting the the or various organs away and uh, then you place the mesh around the vagina and uh, bring the mesh to the sacrum and the whole goal being being to restore the normal anatomy it feels like the first time when Definitely. i sew the vagina to Ooh. the tailbone oh boy how long does the surgery take it depends. It could take anywhere from like two and a half to four hours. And uh, do women uh, most often keep their uterus or do they usually remove the uterus when you do a prolapse repair? Uh, for the most part, if they have a uterus, it's, it's, it's after childbearing and you remove the uterus. Not because it's a cause of the prolapse, but just because it uh, leads to the more optimal repair.
so when we do this, and kind of when I'm describing it to women, again, I use this inverted sock analogy that the sock is kind of pushing out of the vagina. So we're going to push the sock back in into the pelvis and then sew the sock back up to the tailbone, which is going to make it kind of back into its normal anatomic position. Uh, how long does that recovery last? Uh, it's th- That's a recovery that takes up to two weeks because a lot of times it involves vaginal a vaginal part of the procedure where we restore the uh, perineum or the muscle between the anal area and the vaginal area. And uh, so that could take a couple of weeks to come off the pain medication and then about six weeks to feel, feel like you didn't have surgery. And uh, you're very humble, but I think that we would both agree that not everyone should be doing abdominal sacred colpoplexes. Would you agree? It's just one, the more you do, the better you're, you are at it. And uh, one thing I always like mentioning is uh, when I was doing a case with Dr. Mystery, and this is after I'd done about 10,000 of these surgeries, <laughs> He goes, uh, why don't you keep the bladder filled when you do this? And I go, I don't know. It doesn't seem like you need to do that. Anyways, I tried doing that, and uh, I completely changed my technique of filling the bladder. I almost filled the bladder up for everything. (laughs) (laughs) It means that we can all learn a lot from each other, and um, we hope that women don't suffer. And they need to look for a gynecologist. And how do they find you? What is your website, and what is your phone number? Uh, so it's austinurogynecology.com and it's also the cosmetic site is uh, Austin Labiaplasty and Vaginal Rejuvenation. And the number is 512-973-8276. Thank you so much for joining us today, George. Oh, it was great. Thank you. The Armor Men's Health Show is brought to you by NAU Urology Specialists. For questions or to schedule an appointment, please call 512-238-0762 or online at armormenshealth.com.